You're listening to Freshly Brewed, episode 12. I'm your host, Jeff. A dozen episodes in, and I cannot help but feel really proud about what we've accomplished with this podcast. Freshly Brewed has given me this really unique opportunity to speak with very different people from different backgrounds about topics that genuinely interest me. It's been quite the ride. And today, that ride continues as I have the privilege of speaking with Jen Rufo. Jen is a co-host of her own podcast, Good Bad Behavior. She's an ex-dancer for the NBA's Brooklyn Nets, an elite fitness coach, an online influencer, and a super active advocate for some really important causes right now. Jen is a straight shooter, and across her channels online, you can see and hear her speaking powerfully about a variety of topics, relationships, racism, empowerment, fitness. And on today's episode, we, we touch on a lot of those. We have a super fun conversation about dating, stereotypes, gender roles, life in the USA where she lives, how it compares to Canada where I live, and so much more. So put on your party hat because we are about to get this party started. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Freshly Brewed. Here's your host, Jeff Fenton. Freshly Brewed, episode 12, and I'm joined today by the bold, magnificent, straight-shooting Jen Rufo. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Jen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, for my many listeners, I always like to give a bit of context to how I met this yeah. guest, and with Jen, it was a little bit unusual. Um, first met Jen when we did an online Instagram uh, collaboration for one of the businesses that I run. Um, and I'll be honest, and we, I didn't share this with you beforehand. At first, I definitely had a impression just based on you being an Instagram influencer mm-hmm. um, and having this profile um, and, you know, being really presentable and well-spoken and attractive. Um, and then I started following your page and, and was like blown away by just the, the activism, the storytelling, um, the causes you care about, the podcast, um, in particular, Jen is host of uh, Good Bad Behavior podcast with a friend of hers, and there's quite a quite a breadth of uh, of episodes there. So <laughs> yeah. I'm su- super happy to have you here today, just for a kind of structured, unstructured conversation. Yeah, thank you. Um, I that's so funny. So, what was your first impression of me then? Or in, was it like an impression of influencers in general or me specifically? Okay, so this was not planned. I was not ready to answer this question. I love it. Um, honestly, I, it was more of an impression of influencers. So for my listeners, yeah. um, I have a personal coaching and consulting business and I wanted to work with an influencer. And I've always stalked influencers on one of my fake accounts because um, I personally don't have a, an account. And I do have this impression of influencers. Obviously, stereotypes are not always right, um, right. as we're learning in many parts of the, the of what's happening in the world. Yeah. But yeah, it was impression based on influencers, I think. Yeah. I mean, I do feel like influencers do have, are kind of stereotyped into like this kind of person who's like all about themselves and whatnot. But I feel like a lot of the times, like when I first started, I guess you could say becoming an, an 
influencer, I'm using air quotes, it was when I was working for Barry's Bootcamp and I was, um, you know, they incentivize you at Barry's. The more people that you have in your classes, the more money you make because you have a base fee and then you make an amount per head of the amount of people after 10 people. So it and they kind of incentivize you to like use your platform, your social media platform to uh, like bond with the clients and create connections with the clients and get more people to your class. So that's kind of how it started. And then I think I probably was doing it before then too, for just personal training, but then it kind of, you know, I always saw these influencers that I looked up to who did it in a really creative way. It was kind of like a creative outlet where, yeah, there's like an aesthetic part to it where you want to look a certain way. And, but it's also like there's purpose behind it. And for me personally, whenever there is purpose behind something, it makes it that much more fulfilling or rewarding to me. So if I can like, and I think part of the reason I started becoming really open and honest on my social media platforms, like talking about stuff I've been through or stuff I was going through and kind of just being an open book, not really saying like, I'm an expert in this, but just kind of sharing like, here's what I'm going through. And a lot of people would DM me or comment under the post, just kind of saying like, wow, like, thank you so much for sharing that. Like I'm going through the same thing. And it was because of that feedback that, you know, people were thanking me and like, for posting and sharing that that kind of like made me keep going because I was like well you know what I'm impacting even if it was like one person with that post I'm impacting I'm helping people so let's keep it going and that's kind of how it happened but what what's interesting is it shows by me even just sharing honestly my impression <clears throat> it shows how unfair the stereotype is that because mm -hmm. someone's looks a certain way as an, as an influencer that automatically it's now surprising or shocking that they're right. an activist and they care about so that's on my end and that's right. on my end so right. I'm I'm off base on that and you know I've always kind of been I love this quote that I forget who wrote it but I've seen it before it's like read books and twerk like who says you can't <laughs> be at all like you who says that you can't like like being sexy enjoy being like but also like be smart or also want to help. I think like women especially kind of get put into boxes. Like if you're hot or if you're sexy or if you like care about how you look while it might be a little bit vain, who's to say that you can't also care about other things too. So I like, I like um, making women like multifaceted, like who says you can't do it all kind of like creating who you want to be and like pushing that out to the world. I love that. I, I've been listening to your podcast mm -hmm. um, and I want to give you a chance to tell everyone what it's about and how they can listen to it. And I was listening to a few different episodes and I was listening to the one on, it was like female empowerment, self-pleasure. Mm -hmm. um, and at first you're like, oh, like this is going to be interesting. This is kind of out there. <laughs> but when you really look past the taboo nature of it, it is a, a, a totally valid point. And I think it applies for probably the majority of women who feel that they're painted into one corner or they're put into one box. Yeah. Um, and so I love that you're using your voice and your presence to, to show that you can be many different things at once. Yeah. Thanks for sure. You, so we, which episode was that? It was about, um, I'll tell you the specific name. Yeah, yeah, um, it was, it was name. I, I listened to, I don't know the specific names. The, the four most recent I listened to were the ones on guys ghosting 
um, which I had quite a, and I need to ask you your thoughts on the reverse, (laughs) um, about it was self-pleasure. So I think it was called, um, what was it? I think I, Remember the one you I, I, owning your sexual of, desires. Owning oh, yes, your sexual desires. Yes. So he had, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. And then the other one that I thought was very, very neat was um, make money moves with Jason Tartik. So you get some pretty big, you get some pretty big guests on this uh, on this podcast. Yeah, we get some big names, and it's kind of cool because everyone brings a different angle and a different like experience or expertise to it. And I think the one with Kelly that you're talking about was. Um, Yeah. So, you know, I think that it is a little taboo, especially for women to like own their sexual or even just like play or experiment or see what they like in a sexual context. And, you know, it's kind of like from a young age, personally, I was like kind of shamed or like that's disgusting or like, you know, we're not really taught to like explore what we even like. Um, And I think it's just more common for guys to like explore and like it's just more normalized and okay and accepted for guys to like do it, but not women. So I feel like, uh, yeah, anytime I can empower like women or anyone really to just like explore and be free and like figure out what they like, like in any context, but sexually too. And like, you know, there's no right or wrong. It's just kind of like, I feel like life is like this never ending journey of just like self-exploration and self-discovery. So yeah, I'm re- I'm really into like normalizing things that are like not normal or taboo or different. I I'm really close with my I have a female cousin and we're the same age and so we talk a lot about just from the different gender perspectives of dating and and yeah. uh, romance and situations like that and I remember once it wasn't maybe a, you know a year or two ago I was sharing this story about and oh, my parents listen to this podcast, whatever. <laughs> Hearing the story of like, uh, you know, uh, going home with a uh, woman on the first night and I was telling my cousin, I'm like, wow, she was like really like forward and can't believe she like wanted, you know, so much the first night, whatever. And right. then my cousin says to me, oh, so because she's female and wanted that, that's deviant. But if you wanted it, that's normal, right? Yeah. And so it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. It re- and yeah. these are these are like these are deeply held biases that we right. have. Yeah, I think from a young age, like both men and women are are taught that, right? Like men are taught like if a woman is too loose or too open or too fast moving, then she's a slut or slut. something. Yeah, right. But um, and you know, I forget which one I said, but women are taught the same things. Like, don't be, you know, don't move too fast. And personally, I know people who have had sex on the first date and now they're married. And I know also people who have met on Tinder and now they're married. I, I, for me, it's like, just do what you feel is right. If you're, if you're the type of person who's like very sexually evolved and like doesn't necessarily attach any more meaning to it. And if you're in the moment and you want to go for it and you're both feeling it, like, why not? But if you also, there's no, nothing wrong with like waiting and just waiting to see who someone is like, there's really no right or wrong. I think what's wrong is when we then define people based on that decision. Um, so yeah. Okay. Not to go too deep into this, but I am now curious, is it for you, is it very contextual based on the individual, based on the guy? Cause I know that some people, they have like, you know, a formula. It's like after like this milestone, I'll do this and this, but is it ultimately just dependent on the situation? 
For me, it's just dependent on the situation and where I am in my life. Like I went through periods of my life where I wasn't necessarily looking for anything and I was just kind of exploring. And I think it's okay to be that in that exploration state and just like, you know, maybe do have sex with someone on the first night and then, and then just sit with it and be like, okay, was that fun for me? Or maybe next time, do I want to not do that? Or do I want to like, it's very personal to, to the person. And I think just like, um, becoming aware of your decisions and how they make you feel and then basing your next decision off of that. If you're the type of person where you're like, that was so much fun. I needed that. I need to do something like that again or, you know, whatever, then that's great too. Uh, for me, I don't really have like a structure to answer your question. I'm just kind of right. like based on the person, I guess, or based on the situation or where I am in my life. I do have friends though who live by like specific rules yes, where yes. it's like, you know, they, the guy has to reach out first until you're exclusive and then the girl can reach out first. I don't necessarily live by that rule. I, I don't live by any rules because I don't believe in double standards. So it's kind of contradictory for me personally to live by those rules. If I don't believe in any sort of double standard, I can't be like, I can't be like, okay, yeah. Like, for example, when I used to dance for the Nets basketball team, we as the dancers weren't allowed to date the players. It it was in our contract that we were not allowed to, like, fraternize with the players. <laughs> I don't know that word. But, um, um, but they were allowed to do it with us. It wasn't Whoa. a rule. It wouldn't have impacted them at all. They were allowed to do it, and we were not because we were female. And they said it would look make us look bad but it wouldn't obviously do anything to the players because they're men. Um, and so I had a really pr big problem with that. And I ended up dating the players anyway. Cause I was like, fuck you guys. I don't believe, <laughs> I don't believe in double standards. I have the right to have this experience. I want this experience. So I'm going to have this experience. And I just kind of kept it to myself. Maybe one or two of my friends on the team knew, but, um, and, you know, maybe, maybe my coaches did know and they were just like kept it. I don't know. You know, I don't know, but I, all I know is that I didn't believe in it and I just did what I wanted anyway. Um, and, uh, I kind of forgot, I like went off on a tangent there, but I don't have the right to now say, oh yeah, the rules. I, I can't reach out to a guy because he needs to do all the work first. No, I, if I don't believe in double standards, I just, I don't believe in double standards. That's it. No rules. <laughs> Can I now pull the string on this idea of dating and relationships? Yeah. Okay. Um, I've been on and off dating apps for, you know, quite a period of time. And I find myself rewriting or rebranding myself on the regular, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's just like based on gut feel. Sometimes it's based on um, what I think women want. And then sometimes it's based on uh, what friends will tell me or what my female friends will tell me. Mm -hmm. So to me, this is like the billion dollar question, right? What do women want? And I even asked my therapist recently and he wrote, he, he I wrote down like the five things he said, um, <laughs> but I'm curious and I know- Wait, I'm curious. What did your therapist okay. say? <laughs> so I'm going to, so I'm going to tell you, I, the, I wanted you to, to answer first, but I'm going to sure. say the five. Okay. And then you're going to tell, actually, no, 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 no. I answer Ryan, first. Yeah, you answer first and then I'll tell you the list and we'll see how how aligned they are. Okay. So I don't I can't speak for every woman out there, but I'll just speak for myself. 
what I look for is like someone who's authentic, someone who's emotionally intelligent, someone who's not afraid to be vulnerable. I hate like, you know, people who like mansplain things or have like a male ego. Like you have to have the ability to like admit when you're wrong and just like learn from each other and grow together. In the past, I've been in relationships where the guy, you know, always thinks he's right and thinks he's like the teacher and like whatever the case may be would mansplain things all the time like that it's like a deal breaker for me um and then I want someone who's like physically and mentally like into like physically and mentally fit into improving themselves physically like on some sort of journey you don't have to be like super fit but like health has to be important to you mental health physical health um spiritual health even not like religious but like you know like an energy person like meditate be able to like not react like respond with integrity um and i think that's it yeah that's a tall order for a guy but it's good that you is have it to... no 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 is it's that more... too much to ask for i don't think so to be authentic vulnerable emotionally intelligent physically fit mentally fit that's yeah easy. okay he he's shared a list maybe somewhat different but has a lot of the same things so this is how he suggested I brand my profile. So it's um, good values slash integrity, which I think is very aligned with what you just said and not being mm-hmm. a, a jerk. Yeah. And this one, I'm not so sure, but he said showing your ambition and your success. I do like driven. I forgot to mention that. Yes. Driven. Driven. Funny, which I feel like I get I, I, like mixed like some people don't have as strong a sense of humor as others. So I feel like humor depends on the person. Right. Um, honest, which I think to me goes back to like the good values piece. But then this is, okay. So I, I you know, write these down. So it was ambition, success, uh, values, slash integrity, honesty, and humor. So those were, the, those were the big five. So then of course I rebrand my profile to be like, I'm looking for someone who appreciates ambitions. I tried to rebrand it to that. But then, and maybe this is very much like a, when you're in university, this is what you see. Or when you're in high school, this is what you see. But you, as a guy, I do see um, a lot of the jock, uh, mean, you know, cocky guys attracting a lot of women. And it's kind of this cliche among guys, which is like, oh yeah, girls like the bad girls, guy or girls bad like that boy. and then and then any female will tell me oh no that's not true we want a good guy but but then you see the evidence and you, you know there is still that that behavior so where where is your because you're very high eq so you i feel like you can admit yeah. and fall pray to that what's the for sure for? i mean who doesn't like that kind of like rugged bad boy what i think is so sexy is like when guys can do both right it's like you can be both like this goes back to the beginning like who says you can't be both you know like you can be well not be an asshole I don't think it's ever good for girls to chase like unavailable people or guys who you know give you one word answers or kind of act like an asshole I think what I'm saying is more of like a looks vibe like you could have a bad boy look and still be like a good person but I, I think what you're saying is when girls go after the bad guy who's like emotionally unavailable and like that kind of thing, right? 
I feel like those kind of girls have like lessons to learn honestly and they have to kind of go through that to learn what they're actually looking for I think a lot of times it it tracks back to like how we were raised and the kind of love that our parents showed us and that like for example like my parents showed us their love through gift giving like it was like I'll buy you dance lessons or I'll do this for you it was never really like emotional support or like that I actually needed. It was, it was more just like gift giving and that's just like who they were and how they showed their love. So I used to gravitate towards men who didn't really give me the emotional support that I needed Interesting. Um, because that's how my parents showed it. And it just felt comfortable. It felt like, Oh yeah, this feels like home. This feels right. This feels like this old familiar feeling, which was kind of similar to what my parents did but it wasn't what I actually needed. And it took a lot of like learning, a lot of lessons, a lot of getting hurt to realize, okay, yeah, no, I I actually don't want that. And I think the people who, the women who are still chasing guys like that, you know, it's sad. It's like some of them will never real, if they're not on like a self-development journey of any kind, some of them might never realize that, but you don't want to be with someone like that anyway. Um, in my opinion. So I agree. Fuck those girls. And then <laughs> and the ones who are smart, who are on this journey will eventually figure it out, I think. So it's just a timing thing. And um, yeah, finding, yeah, finding people who are smart. <laughs> on this subject, I read a stat that said, Eight, I think it was when women are swiping on a dating app, 80% of the men who they come across will have swiped right on them. Whereas if you are a man, 20% of the women you come across will have swiped right on you. Um, I, can, wow. I can attest to this because I've seen, you know, it's, uh, it's the exception to the rule to have someone swipe on you versus I've been with a female friend or my cousin or whatnot and seen, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like, shooting fish in a barrel. Now, my question for you is, assuming you have experienced some semblance of that in your past um, or in your present, is that a blessing or a curse? Um, That guys will swipe more so, right? Um, I think it's, it's a, like, I feel like guys too need to be more selective. Like, what's the point in, like, if you're genuinely interested in the person, like, why waste their time if you're not genuinely interested? Why do you think it is that men swipe right more often? Because they're more, like, looks-based? So <laughs> like, I think – hot, right? No, no, I, I have two, I have two, two <laughs> hypotheses. Two, I have Dr. Jeff today, two hypotheses. <laughs> Number one, I do think it's biological. Mm-hmm. I think to some extent, if we think back to, like, our ancestors and just our animalistic tendencies, it's like – um, as my therapist said, the men like will like come the and aggressors. aggressors and show up and then the women select. And so men have to like swipe as many times as possible to like show up and then women select. And, um, and I credit that theory with my, with my, to my therapist. But another reason I think, and you just said it is I do think, and I believe there's like literature to prove this men are very, can very well distinguish between physical and emotional so they can say that's you know hot that's a hot girl um or and i don't want to there's men who also are into men so you know that's a hot guy i don't want to 
we're talking about all, we accept all people on this podcast, all types of people. Um, but I think women, again, according to the, the literature, or at least what my, uh, my therapist tells me, is that women, it's more blended. They don't necessarily see just physical or just emotional. It kind of all comes together for them. Mm-hmm. Is that, d- does that, is, is that true from, from your perspective? Yeah, I think women are more likely to actually put some thought into it and be like, okay, well, yeah, he's hot, but like, let's read his profile. Let's see. Um, Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, I have to think on this. I I mean, (laughs) it could, it's like, it could be so many things, right? But, but I do know some guys who do like being approached by women or like if I were to hit on a guy like some guys would like that or think that's like like a thing of confidence or something so I think that it really just goes back to the the person but that's an interesting statistic really I, I, I try I try to I try to be numbers driven data <laughs> um okay last question on the dating front for anyone let's just say right now see a single man who's putting together a profile, you know, dating profile. What are the things they want to be highlighting? What are like the, from a, from a female's perspective, what are the, the main things they want to hit? Um, I think it, I had a friend um, once make me break down like my top five values. It was kind of when I was tr- trying to figure out like what direction I wanted to go in as far as like career and all this I was kind of lost. And so she had me break down like my top five values. And then I started living by those things and I got a lot happier. Right. So I think when it comes to dating apps, like break down, what are your top five values or top four values? Like whatever they are, if it's important to you, show it on your dating app, because if that's really true to who you are, that paint, that paints a more realistic picture, more accurate picture of who you are. And um, I think that you'd be, giving yeah like just a more accurate representation so that if they are if women are swiping right or whoever's swiping right then they're swiping right for like kind of who you are not just like the the front you're trying to put on or who you're trying to or what you think women want to hear or see um yeah I I think just be you that's my personal opinion okay so if for my profile I have to have my my microphone (laughs) microphone in my photo yeah um why not so where are you based? Currently, I'm in New Jersey. I was living in New York City. Um, I'm moving to LA in September. So I figured I'd come home to New Jersey for a couple months, save up a little, and uh, get ready for my move in September. So That is so exciting. What part of LA are you moving to? West Hollywood. Whoa. I'm living, I'm moving in with my co-host. She needs a roommate. And so it's going to kind of be like our office and our... Uh, home, I guess. (laughs) That is, I am so jealous. I always say, so being here in Canada, when we, when I go to the States, California to me has like the best of everything. It's just one of like most magical places. What is it, what is it like being in the States right now with everything going on? Honestly, it's such a shit show. I like hate America right now. I think that, you know, Obviously, our president's a joke. It's, I feel like we're like the laughing stock for all of the countries right now, and rightfully so. Like, if I were not living here, I would laugh at us. Um, 
I feel like we've taken so many steps back. I feel like our, like the whole president and all of his people like don't really care about us. Um, It's very ego-driven. It's really opposite of everything that I'm about and that I stand for. Um, And it's kind of sad. It's, um, it's scary. It's scary because our leaders are not leading in a way that is protecting us. It, they're just kind of allowing people to not wear masks and like pushing towards everything's okay, but things aren't okay. And like, we need to be taking steps to protect everyone. And I feel like, especially the red States and, you know, they opened up too quick and now their Corona numbers are like skyrocketing and it's just, it's horrible. Um, Luckily, New York's numbers, I don't know if they're going up now, but they were kind of contained for a while because we took the proper, you know, steps to contain it. Um, I don't know what it's like in Canada, but it's just a scary time. Like 2020 has just kind of been such a shit show to say the least. <laughs> sorry, I curse a lot. So sorry. I, I fucking <laughs> love it. Um, so when, I mean, we talk about politics here in Canada and about American politics quite a bit. And oftentimes when this comes up, I'll say, like someone will say, you know, we'll talk about negatively about Trump and what a clown he is and blah, 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 blah. And one of the things I always say is you can't necessarily blame Trump, but you can blame the 50% of Americans, or I guess actually he won by a minority. So you can blame the 48% of Americans who voted him in. In your life, and I know it's state specific, but do you see these people on the on a regular basis who voted him in? I don't. I've I've lived in a very liberal state for so okay. long. Um, I I don't really know anyone. Actually, I do. So the town I grew up in in New Jersey was actually very conservative. I hated it. I couldn't wait to get out. It was like we're Italian and we're like better because we are this way. <laughs> and I, like my town. I never like to blame people because it's how they were raised, right? They were just taught what they know. But at some point, it's like you have to take responsibility and teach yourself. But our town was really small. Maybe we had like one black kid in our grade growing up. You know, it was like very sheltered. But luckily, I was always in dance. So I was always exposed to like black people kicking my butt in competitions and like gay people. I was always surrounded by it. So it was like that's why I went to a, a school college that um was very diverse but um you know it's so funny I actually came home to New Jersey and I was like why don't I throw together like a socially distanced like fourth of July something because I have a big deck and I was like maybe we can make it work and so I haven't talked to this friend in a long time I went to college with her and I invited her and she came in with this MAGA guy like MAGA on his hat, make America great again on his shirt, oh. literally. And so like all of us kind of like, there was not many, there was like six people total there, but like my two other friends and I like looked at each other when he walked in, we were like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's just like a whole different energy. So of course me being me, I start challenging him. How do you feel about this shooting? How do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? And like, and I don't know, I guess he thought like I was on his side at first and he was like, no, look, I'll pull it up on fakenews.com right now. And I was like, oh my God, please don't. Like, <laughs> please don't. It's just really sad that um, 
it's it's sad that we have first of all i think politics create so much divide yeah especially in america um and i feel like there needs to be a whole different party a whole new party maybe created by like a millennial or something um because like why can't there be blooming economy and also women have their reproductive rights why does it have to be one or the other you know i don't know what it's like in canada but what is it like in canada so we still we have three parties we have the ndp party new democratic party which is all the way on the left Mm -hmm. Um, we have the conservatives which are conservative all the way on the right and then we have the liberals which are in the middle Mm -hmm. and even though the liberals are in the middle, I mean, you still have this tension as you do in the States between uh, you know, liberal and conservative. And th- the truth is even our right wing here in Canada, um, spoiler alert, is still very socially left. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's I, honestly, I don't know it enough to argue um, either side. All I know is that I'm, extremely socially liberal and everything that I feel leans me more towards the left because I just think the right is like they're just assholes especially when they don't care about like LGBTQ rights or if they're not even if they don't even have the ability to say like Black Lives Matter like of course Black people have been oppressed forever like how could you not how could you use this as a political thing to like gain more of like you know, the white supremacists. It's just, it's like, honestly, it's like a show. It's like a, yeah. It's well, so and it becomes, and it becomes very, everything becomes politicized. So with coronavirus, one of the things that I've seen, and I'm curious if you see the same in the States, is that it becomes so politicized so that people start peddling stories and finding facts that fit their belief on it. So even though we're talking about like a very objective virus with certain evidence and data, the people who believe that it's a hoax and it's nothing and forget it and go and leave your mask at home, they'll find and Google the stories and the facts that support that. And then you have this other extreme, which is like, stay home, the world's ending, COVID's... And we've lost the balance. Like we've lost this... We have lost the balance. And I think like people as a whole need to like let go of their egos it's like nobody knows right now yeah so why can't everybody stop arguing to be it's not about being right or wrong okay it's about understanding and being open to learning so it's okay to say like yeah i really don't know like i am worried but i don't know if that's like i had a fourth of july party was it the best idea i don't i don't know i don't know because i don't know if it's better to like be smart and careful and try to go on move with normal life or to just lock ourselves away. I don't think there is a right or wrong right now. And I think it's just kind of, you know, be open to learning, be open to new, for new information coming in and just be open to like adapting as that new information comes in and just try your best to be as careful as possible for yourself and others. I always say the wise man knows that he's a fool or the wise woman knows she's a fool. So yeah. It's it's people in March saying it's going to be like this in September. The stock market's going to be here. It's going to be here. We're going to be open. We're going to be closed. No one fucking knows. And right. we still don't know. And for all we know, next year, this time, the world is completely back to the way it was, or 
we've gone in a totally different direction and Kanye's president. Speaking of which- Could you imagine? Is, he, is, is it going to be Kanye 2020? Oh or is my God. having a bit of an episode right now? I've, I've heard so many different <laughs> um, opinions. Some people think that he, well, first of all, I heard that if he's actually running, he's running as a Republican, which would make him go head to head against Trump, which would be really fun to see. Um, I then also heard that him running would be doing a disservice to the Democratic Party because now this is taking votes away from Biden. But, you know, it's so interesting because I've, I've seen articles too where it's like, well, he's against abortion, Kanye. He's against like LGBTQ, which is so interesting to me because Kim is like Kim. the complete opposite. That's She's so like... She's like LGBTQ. I don't know if she's, she's kind of religious, so I don't know how she feels about abortion, but, um, but I think anyone who's like a celebrity or has a shit ton of money, like they need to remember that like at, in this day and age, like having a child before 30 is like, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but it's like, you have to have the means to do that. It's like, um, it's not common anymore. Uh, and so I think that even if you're religious, if you're like a celebrity and like against abortion or whatever, like maybe try to put yourself in like the shoes of people who like can't really afford it or like don't want to do that to their body for nine months. Um, it's just, it's really interesting. I just find it all very interesting. Without getting too political on my end, although I definitely am, and I'll just say this, and if I lose a few few of my listeners, <laughs> to them, but I am obviously very socially liberal, liberal, and I believe that, um, you know, it is like a- any individual should have that choice and its control over their body, as as um, controversial as that might sound. What I find so ironic is that the party or the group in society that is so against abortion is the party that's all about freedom and laissez-faire and let the, you know, like, like let's get out of the way. So it's like the the political party that's all about getting out of the way that's trying to now interfere on this highly personal matter. Yeah, it is personal. And also what pisses me off the most is I've never once heard someone who's arguing against abortion let's say someone from the right arguing against abortion i've never once heard them empathize or try to understand and be like i can't imagine what it's like to you know become pregnant and not be financially able to support the baby or you know have something huge coming up and not want to get fat like i've never heard someone try to empathize and then say but regardless of those things i can't like those would be horrible and i can't imagine going i still feel this way because that would be an intelligent conversation but we don't hear intelligent conversations all we hear is no that's you know because of religious reasons or this or that or like we never hear any empathy and i think that's what's missing understanding and empathy from like either party like I think we just need to start talking like humans to each other. Yeah, it's kind of sad that that's become the exception to the rule. Right. Calm, patience, understanding, hearing where the other person's coming from is an exception to the rule in North America, 2020, maybe the world. It's kind yeah. of sad. It's so sad. And I, that's why I think like, I think we need to like get, first of all, 
I meant to say this earlier, but I just want to circle back. I don't know what it's like in Canada, but um, I think we need to get rid of the like uh, electoral system here in America because I think it's just, it's silly and people put it in place so that cities that are more diverse wouldn't get as much of a say. And it kind of isn't beneficial to either party anymore. So I think we just need to give that up. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to throw that in earlier, but I forgot. We have a we have a slightly similar system here. What's I mean, Canada is like we have these major, major cities. So so geographically, we're huge. I mean, we're bigger than the United States, um, but obviously a tenth of the size. What's interesting here is if you walk in down a street in Vancouver or Toronto, you will see a thousand different types of people and it's just normal. So whereas like you go to a, whatever, a city in the States or even in Europe and it's like all the same type of person. You mean you don't have any like rednecks in Texas? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's unbelievable. Like I could be walking down, we have a street called like Queen Street here and I could see, you know, two black men holding hands and then behind them is a woman with a pink mohawk and eight earrings. And then behind them is a a guy in a GQ, you know, GQ model suit. And it's like, no one's phased. Everyone's just looking at each other. Like, this is how, like, this is normal. This is it. Yeah. And and that's in a way. And I feel like that's what the world should be, right? Just like accepting of like, whatever. I feel like in America, there's more like segregated, like New York City, super diverse. But then Alabama is like super like country and Christian and like whatever. And you go to all these different places and it's, it's so different. So while it's just very, yeah. Compartmentalized, it's like a bento box. Yes. Bento box. Good word. Yeah. Being mindful of your time before we wrap up, I want to ask how can anyone who's listening, learn more about you and your very unique story approach, things you do tell, tell us where and how they can find you. I am on Instagram at Jen Rufo, Jen with one N R U F O. Um, currently in uh, editing my website because of you. No, just kidding. Um, it will be up soon. But um, my podcast, my podcast, Good Bad Behavior podcast, on any platform where you can find podcasts, we're there. So it's pretty. It's a pretty interesting, fun time <laughs> on the yeah. pod. I love it. I love this conversation. I didn't look at my notes once. I, Amazing. I, we went off script. We went off the script. I love it. That's okay. It. It's better I, that way. Those I have a times. question for you now. Uh oh. What do you look for in a girl? <sighs> Mom, dad, stop. Just mute. Um, I'm very, I'm an open book. I would say to some extent, it depends on like where I'm at because I've seen my answer to this question change over even the last like three, four years. I really value kindness. And I think that there are a lot of bullies out there and just mean, mean spirited people out there. And so I really value kindness. I've always flocked towards people who are more independent. Um, Growing up like two divorced parents at the age of one. So I've grew up kind of forced to learn to be independent. I travel a lot on my own. So I've always, I think, valued someone who's independent or at least is okay on their own and yeah, some level of spontaneity or adventure. I always say responsibly spontaneous. I'm not looking to like rent a camper van and live in the middle of uh, <laughs> right. the, the desert for six weeks, but, but like, although I don't know if is that considered adventurous, but, but some level of 
um, spontaneity, adventure, openness to, to trying new things. Yeah. If, if I can find those three and they find my sense of humor, like acceptable, then <laughs> we have the, uh, we have the, we have a good base. What's your horoscope sign? Scorpio. Scorpio. Yeah. So I think like it says we're a bit unusual. We're kind of an enigma. But you're like, you're like a sort of an aggressor in some I, I, really, I've been, I like, you guys go for what you want type of, I think. Yes. I'm not an expert, but. <laughs> you're a, you're a, you're a sign expert. No, I, um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely a straight shooter and I'll just, I'll be very, very direct, but that, that can rub people the wrong way and that mm-hmm. can come across. So it depends on the person, but Jen, thank you so much. Of course. This was awesome. And, uh, we hope to speak to you again soon. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun.